This podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Hello and welcome to NHS Careers Untapped. The NHS is one of the largest employers in the world, but most people when they think of a job in the NHS think of doctors and nurses. However, the NHS is so much more. There's a huge variety of jobs you can do, suiting all interests and personalities. In this podcast, we will be talking to people working in the NHS, in jobs you might never have heard of before, finding out exactly what they do, how they came to be working in that job, and what they love most about it. Today, I am joined by Luke, and I believe you are a volunteer services manager at King's College Hospital. Have I got that right, Luke? That's right. Fantastic. So can you start just by telling me a little bit about your job? So volunteer services exists as a means to support our patient experience. So everything we do is kind of working towards that end. We have a team of, of six at King's and it works across King's. And yeah, everything that we kind of are targeted against is about how can we best improve patient experience above and beyond, obviously, primary clinical care. And I guess that involves everything from their arrival, their journey through the hospital, their kind of boredom and loneliness, and also anything else that may come up or anything else that we can add value to. Right. Okay. And I'm assuming from the title that you have a team of volunteers who help with providing this service. Is that correct? Yeah, so we're very lucky at King's. We're a big hospital, so we've got quite a large reach. Currently, we've got 850 volunteers across all of our sites. We've got three main sites, but it goes from Lambeth and Southwark all the way down to sort of North Kent, where our sites are based. And yeah, they do all sorts of things all over different areas and kind of specialisms. But obviously, like I say, primary purpose is to just intervene and improve patient experience and journey as much as possible. Fab. Yeah, that sounds really important. And how long have you done this for? So I've been in the service now for two years. And prior to that, I was still at King's for a year before that, working in the, the wellbeing offer. Kind of give me a really good insight as to what the volunteers are all about. And that's, that's kind of, I guess, how, how it led on to a role in the, in the service. Okay. And could you chat to me a bit more about kind of exactly how you got your job? Was any training needed or what was your pathway into it? So my particular pathway was working in the wellbeing pubs. I was, I was a lead for the launch of the wellbeing program at the start of COVID. We had a really close relationship with volunteer services. At that time, we had a team of about 45 people and probably 25 of them were volunteers. So I had a really good relationship with those guys and what they can kind of offer and add. And, and as a result, really close relationship with the team. When my time at the end of kind of not the end of COVID, of course, but when that like tier one level stepped down a little bit. My services were no longer required. I was brought in as a fixed term kind of solution to that problem. And I picked up a role in the service at a, a fairly low level, just basically trying to support with the service and helping them to do kind of whatever it was that was needed. Okay, fantastic. And so did you get any training to help you do your job or was it all kind of like on the job learning? My particular route was very much kind of on the job learning. So like I say, it was a fairly um, low level, quite basic work was required, but there was, there's just loads of opportunities and I, this will be true kind of across the NHS where you, where you kind of see something, you go, you know, this could be working better. So the 
principal reason for me being there was to support someone that was already in post and it was to help with effectively administration, contacting and, and coordinating the, the volunteers to get them kind of where they're needed and where, you know, where the, the biggest impact is going to be. And so what does a typical day look like for you? So a typical day for me is, is quite busy now. So as I've kind of progressed through the team and, and implemented new sort of processes, I've now assumed day-to-day operational running of the team. So I guess my day looks like getting on the train just after seven. And then that starts the kind of the email list and scroll for any firefighting that's needed. Kings has close to 14,000 staff, hundreds of departments, and we've got 800 volunteers, as I mentioned earlier. So there's always something that's coming in and a request that's being asked. There's an hour and or so on the train in the morning to help make sure there's nothing urgent that needs doing. After that, it's it's liaising with the the teams, make sure they know what they're doing, make sure their priorities are kind of aligned with the strategy, and make sure there's no immediate interventions that I can do to support. Beyond that, once I'm set for the day and once the team is set for the day, it's about making sure that what we're doing is strategically related. It's very easy to get wrapped up in this or that problem and end up being sidetracked. So is really key to keep one hand on our bigger objectives and our KPIs for the year. So we are very much structured, even though I would say, I mean, a few years ago, probably within the volunteering world, that probably wasn't the case, but there's, there's stuff that needs to be achieved. So in order to kind of do that and do that effectively with, I mean, obviously, like I say, six people working under me, and then I'm working under someone else as well. So the total team is eight, but that's, you know, that works out a hundred volunteers per person. So you can't kind of have a phone call and have a conversation with every single person every day to make sure that they're, they're where they need to be. So, yeah. So my role is once the team has settled is to make sure that structure is in place, make sure people understand the, the why for the things that we are doing and then support them kind of pastorally afterwards to make sure that they, they get it, they know what they're doing, they feel like they're adding value and make sure we're, we're using them to the most of their ability as well. Right. Okay. So it's just kind of about managing people, but with quite a lot of people that you've got to manage if you've got a hundred volunteers per person. Yeah, it's very much a, there's, there's a, there's a large chunk of admin and making sure that that, you know, that strategy is being followed and that your KPIs are, are being hit. And then beyond that, it's all about people. And I would say in the NHS, especially more so than kind of private you know, commercial enterprises, the relationships that you build and the, the amount that you can get out of a person, I don't know if that sounds quite right, but if, if people are happy, they're going to deliver much more and they're going to be much kind of more willing to, you know, give, give everything that they've got into something. And, and that's the thing that comes right back to the beginning, which is we're all about patient experience. So the, you know, the way to, to do the best job and to li- deliver the biggest impact is very much about people, be that volunteers, be that staff on the wards, be that our own team, is to make sure that everyone is fully aware, fully kind of embrace of what it is they're going to do and make sure that they're, you know, happy, confident and fully equipped themselves to be able to do what we're asking. Yeah. Okay. That makes complete sense. Just trying to get the best out of everybody you work with, I suppose. Can I ask, what do you like the most about your job? Me, and I don't know if this is the right or the wrong answer, but obviously in a hospital setting, most people have a kind of a clinical job to do. And there's, there's a big issue if you miss that. We're very, very lucky at volunteering because it kind of goes about those things. So if someone doesn't turn up one day, it doesn't result in a collapse of the, of, of the service. So if a surgeon didn't turn up one day, there would be surgeries that didn't occur. In volunteering, everything that we do kind of adds value and it's a really nice and a positive and a, you know, a strong well-being in it, in it. 
the, the patients and the staff, and again, all the people, all the stakeholders involved like across the community as well, who come in to support. It's a real kind of feel good factor. So we're, we're very, very lucky to be able to have a lot of that feel good factor in the time. Yeah. So that sense, I guess, that ultimately you're doing something that's valuable and rewarding. Completely. Yeah. On the flip side to that, is there anything that you find challenging? So being, I mean, I'm, I'm nearly three years in the NHS now, but I'm, I'm still not quite used to the NHS process and the, the structure and the systems. Obviously, like I said earlier, it's, it's 14,000 or so people at Kings and kind of everyone has what they need to achieve. And that's absolutely right. Given whatever their area of specialties are and what they're being kind of targeted against. But if you've got a, you know, a large project, which covers trust wide and covers a few different services and a few, you know, different groups of people, everyone's going to have their own kind of take on how to do that right and how to get the best for their specific area of service. So the, the biggest challenge is, and again, it comes down to kind of people management and making sure people are kind of fully embraced with what it is that we are, are trying to achieve, but trying to coordinate all of those different interests and sometimes conflicting interests and all those different needs that could possibly come out of any kind of given idea, which as rude is always good, but it's, it's difficult to, you know, placate everybody all of the time. So that is probably one of the bigger challenges for us. Yeah, I can see that that could be difficult when everyone has slightly different priorities and slightly different ideas about how to get somewhere. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a daily, it's a daily obstacle that we face. Yeah. I mean, with those challenges in mind, what kind of personal qualities or skills would you say are needed for you to be able to do your job well and effectively? So the, the number one thing with volunteer services, I would say empathy is a really, really big part of it. Understanding that. Yeah, everyone has an off day and everyone, you know, someone might be quieter and to get the best out of them, it's, it's just a completely different approach to someone who's kind of really, you know, loud and outspoken and, and very kind of front footed. None of these approaches are wrong at all, but obviously some people react differently to the way you manage them. And equally, some patients will respond differently to different personality types in, in the volunteers. Understanding that with the volunteers and, you know, also with the staff and the other stakeholders across the trust in terms of staff and again, community groups, understanding that is really key and to be able to kind of take yourself out of your position, put yourself in that position, be able to say, okay, I get, I get what it is that you're, you're trying to get out of this is, is a massive kind of factor. And I guess layered on top of that, it's the organization. So when you start talking about, you know, 800 people plus staff, plus all the stakeholders, you're, you're regularly sort of in some sort of contact with over a thousand people. So the organization and, the, you know, having that structured approach is, is key to make sure people aren't sort of forgotten about, left behind, missed out or whatever it may be. And is there anything that you wish that other people knew about your job or any kind of common misconceptions that people have about your job when you tell them what you do? So I think for me, the, we're very much removed from where volunteering was sort of maybe even 10 years ago, but certainly if you think about volunteers in years gone by, it was very much like little old ladies was the stereotype and it was, they come and they do their thing on a Saturday afternoon and it's, it's lovely. We've very much moved away from that and you can kind of see that from the size of the organization, but also our, our volunteers are around 80% of them are under 21. So we've got a really young workforce and with that comes its own challenges. If you had an employed team of 10 people, you could almost kind of pick them up, deploy them in an area and go, here is your task. It's not quite straightforward to be able to do that, to say, right, we're going to solve X or Y problem and we're going to use these people because 
some of them might, you know, be ill that day or they might have an exam or they might, you know, these, these different things get in the way. We absolutely add value in terms of what we do, but it's not the same as being an employee. So it's, I guess that's something that I was, you know, kind of like to impose upon people is to, is to be aware of that. But ultimately, I guess it's a numbers game. So we can support and we can do things, but they are volunteers. So there's a limit to what we can do. And of course, it's really important not to overstep the boundary of of paid staff as well. So if someone's being paid to do a job, it's not right that someone comes in, does it for free and, you know, potentially, you know, jeopardizes that, that position because that's, you know, that's not the right for that person, but also it's almost an abuse of privilege to, to ask that of a volunteer. Yeah, that's true. So I guess just being mindful of the fact that they're not employees is something that I hadn't really considered, but actually I could see being really important because their roles and responsibilities will be different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a key one, especially in a hospital setting, is if an employee does something wrong, you know, potentially it could be quite harmful to the health of a patient. So it's very important not to put a, a volunteer in that position, but that does restrict what it is that we're able to ask them and what it's, you know, what is right and proper for them to do. So sometimes in the heat of the, you know, award environment, if everything's going a bit wrong, you just need people to do stuff. They'll often get called in to do things, but, you know, we, we need people to remember that this is a problem because of you know all those things that we just spoken about yeah sure finally what advice do you have for students or young people who might be thinking about a career as a volunteer services manager or within voluntary services within the nhs so again i think it's very much a people kind of business and a people operation and Whilst that can certainly be said, the wider NHS, it's all about caregiving and and being able to relate to people to understand what the problems are. Specific to the volunteer service, if at all possible, kind of get in on the ground and understand each kind of layer and level of it and understand how different people work and expose yourself to as many different people as possible. If you can kind of do that, you can kind of broaden your understanding of why saying something to someone might not work and it's going to happen in anybody's life at any time because you know you're going to meet different people but i guess there's so many different people but to understand what the need is what the purpose and to understand what the challenges are which harmful is obvious when you're dealing with so many different kind of characters personalities and traits on on different people so yeah if you can get in on the ground spend as much kind of time as you can afford to get to understand the people the operation the the shape of the structure what the problems are what is and isn't important it's going to give you a really kind of good head start to be able to start making really good decisions using that information and then that's going to be the thing that takes you to the next step the next step and the next step yeah absolutely that's great advice i think out of interest did you work as a volunteer before having this role i didn't not in any kind of professional like you know some people do volunteering in a certain situation, someone might be retired as a nurse and want to continue supporting in that sort of capacity. The volunteering I've done, if it's always, has been around, you know, my, my personal passions, which is often the case. So I've done a bit of training for, for junior teams, for, for rugby, things like that. But my professional background is in, is in the commercial sector. And whilst it's not a very obvious kind of marriage of, of, you know, careers, there's always a lot of transferable kind of skills and approaches to take to it. So. I consider myself to be a little bit different to what the NHS usually has, but ultimately it's, it's people and structure and organization and those things kind of work wherever you go and whatever it is you want to do. So yeah, I mean, it's a very kind of soft environment because it is all about people and feelings and emotions and trying to get the most out of people, but to bring skill sets from different backgrounds 
you know, will only add to the, you know, the quality of the team as a whole. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really important that the NHS does kind of get people with all different backgrounds and different interests to make sure that they're able to kind of cater to everybody. Yeah, completely agree. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for listening to NHS Careers Untapped. To find out more about different career opportunities within the NHS, please check out our other podcasts available for streaming or download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and YouTube. You can also find out about other events happening as part of the Careers Untapped project by registering on the Great Ormond Street Digital Education Network at the link provided in the episode description and searching NHS Careers Untapped. You can also find links to a couple of other great websites to check out, including healthcarecareers.nhs.uk and skillsforhealth.org.uk. This podcast was brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. If you want to find out more about our work, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.